Hello, welcome to our weekly Swansea City podcast. I'm Gareth Rogers, and here with me is Chris Wathen, and we're talking Swansea City. Um, so, Liverpool on Sunday, Chris. Yeah, and a certain Mr Rogers. Uh, it's an interesting one, although I think um, I've done a piece with Ashley Williams of the Western Mail that, where he says that sentiment is for the fans, and I think especially for this one, I think the, the win up at Anfield sort of drew a line, I think, under a lot of the... Brendan baggage, if you want. Uh, most important thing for Swansea is that they, they get to that 40 points, so, and although they have got plenty of time to do it, it'd be, it would be something nice to do in an iconic ground at Anfield, never mind who's in the opposition dugout. There's almost an irrelevance now. We look at the side, there's actually few, increasingly few Rogers faces there. Um, and and It'll be it'll be an interesting game because they're actually playing quite well despite few results and um, and perhaps that yes there might be a marker to see how Swansea City have improved since Rogers left. I don't buy into all this sort of rewriting history that some are saying that oh he's he's been found out and um, and that's what it was he was piggybacking on Swansea's own style. That's absolute nonsense. Um, he's a he's a damn fine manager. We'll continue to prove that at Liverpool. Swansea, I wouldn't say have gone in a different direction, but the way things have opened up, they they from careful succession planning and astute work in the transfer market as ever, they they they've thrived. You know that little tweaks to the system has worked wonders for them. So, you know, too, not too much significance can be placed on the fact that it is Brendan there. More significance be the fact that the fact Liverpool haven't beaten the top half side this season. So it is a great chance for Swansea to go up there. Get a win that would really, you know, set things up for Wembley, and um, and like you say, get to that forty point. There'll be still a few of us sort of saying, well, you know, things aren't mathematically sure yet. But uh, I think already I've seen a stat that says um, only three sides in the history of top-flight football, and not Premier League, you know, sort of year dot nineteen ninety-two. Only three sides in top-flight football have gone down with thirty-seven points. Uh, after 26 games, I believe it is now, uh, and I think the last one was 1983. So uh, it would be nice just to sort of wrap it all up and get the 40 points. And um, and who knows then? That that's, that would be the interesting thing. How does Swansea City react to that sort of pressure being off, and and how do they push forward? So yes, it'd be wonderful to get it up there, but not because it's. Uh, Slightly more ambitious fans might say that Liverpool are the sort of teams they want to beat if they're looking up the table. Well, perhaps. Um, you know, they're certainly a team in transition. They've not been able to really get any sort of runs going this season. Every time we think that they, they're looking to push on. So, yeah, they're a team, and it does sound strange to say that are in and around Swansea's area. Swansea are obviously above them at the moment. There's a chance to push on, and... and really cement themselves in that top half finish, you know, and that that could be an incredible achievement. Let no one mistake this, that um, Swansea were expected to go down. I thought they would struggle. I thought they'd stay up, but if you look back to what I wrote, I think I said that there could be a bit more of a, a fight than last year. They're on course to sort of like absolutely smash the second season, season myth to smithereens. I think in the last... Uh, since the Premier League, uh, I think there's only been 20 teams that have bettered their points and only and only six teams that have finished in a higher position in their second season. Um, 
but uh, you know because there's obviously a tail off from that first year and they might not go down but it might be a tail off so this would be absolutely incredible to, to, to do it and, and to really push on to the top half um, it will be interesting now with the cup final and how that comes into play but they've certainly lost none of the focus you know when you have to look at their performance against QPR um, so it, it's it's a fantastic time to be not only a Swansea City supporter but someone who's fortunate enough to be covering at the moment because we're witnessing wonderful football and, um, and, and wonderful times in general well all credit to this must go to Michael Lowdrup what's the situation with his contract? Well, I think this has been something Swansea have been planning for a while. I think there's a sort of admission now from Loudrup's agent that, um, yeah, you know, talks, he said talks are beginning. I think talks have already started. You know, depends how you classify talks, whether they're sort of general chats around a coffee table or whether they're serious ones with a with a contract and a, and a lawyer, if, you want, if you're that way inclined. Um, I think Loudrup will sign. I think the club, I understand the club to be confident that he will sign might only be for an extra year which gives a bit of stability then um i'm not sure loudrup is someone that plans on hanging around in southfields forever and is going to start kissing the badge and or, or build a new home in the gower um but I, I don't see any reason for him to leave yet he, he he's a man that clearly has nothing to prove to the world of football such as his status he's gone on record to say he doesn't want to be a ferguson he's an He's a wealthy man, you know. He don't play for Real Madrid and Barcelona and have a, a wine important company on 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 two bob and relying on Swansea City's income to 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 boost your wage. Um, so it's a, it's quite a different scenario, you know. With with Brendan, with all due respect, and the same with Roberto, they still had to prove themselves, work up the ladder. And Laudrup's pl- always played down that that sort of ambition to go to a bigger and better club in fact he said well you know you can spend all your life wanting to be at a let's say real madrid i think he used the words you finish runners up on the league by two points and lose a champions league semi-finals on 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 a penalty shootout and and that's it it's not good enough and you're up the door and then what you know how where does your life go where does your career go so i think he's mindful of that that i think he takes joy from jobs and projects which suits swansea city I'm not sure many other clubs it suits. I don't, you know, I no doubt that Chelsea might be looking at him, but would Chelsea appeal to him? Bearing in mind what's happened in previous jobs when he's sort of not enjoyed the interference from owners, etc. And we obviously hear a lot of stories coming out of Chelsea in, with that regard. So I don't think it, this is a necessity to protect Loudrup staying, but it does offer a little bit of stability, a little bit of in terms of players and future signings. Um, where we know the good manager is going to be for the next two years, I think they, I've no doubt, I'll be extremely, extremely surprised if there wasn't some sort of protective clause in there that protects both the club and the manager in terms of compensation. Just the same, I, I, I have pretty much no doubt that Swansea City are already looking at who might replace Loudrup because that's the way the club works. They don't sort of reach crisis point and then and then wonder what they're going to do. I think it's every turn possible outcome is is accounted for. So. We've seen before that contracts don't necessarily mean everything. You know, Rogers signed a, a big deal, and five months later he was going to Liverpool. But it does offer a bit of stability, so everyone knows where they stand. And I think I think that that's important for Swansea, it's important for Loudrup, and I think it's it's something that's going to happen fairly soon. You mentioned in there the ambition of the Swans, and we'll move on to that in a bit. But firstly, matters on the field. We all saw Chico get carried off on Saturday. Um, what's the situation there? Well. 
it, it looks like he's, uh, I think, highly unlikely with it was the term uh, the Swans uh, medical department used in terms of his chances of the final. He's been tweeting pics of his ankle rested up in Dubai. You know, it's all black and blue and swollen, so I can't imagine him being uh, miraculously uh, recovering in time for Wembley. So um, it does give um, it does give Lovedrup a bit of a, a choice because. Uh, Kyle Bartley came on off the bench for his first Premier League appearance. Looked as solid as he as he has done whenever he's played. You know he's obviously a, a fairly calm. He's good in the air. He's, you know he um he hit the bar against uh, in two games against Arsenal. Uh, quite a commanding young player. And then you've got obviously the old hand, the experience of of Gary Monk, who I have to say, despite sort of looking his future looking quite bleak at the start of the year, almost pushed out pushed out below drop, but suggested that he wasn't going to have much playing time he's sort of got on with the job and, and when he has been called upon he's proven that he's a very underrated player Gary Monk his organisational skills are second to none he's a great communicator him and Ashley Williams know their game together um, for that reason I'd play Monk at Wembley a personal choice um, I think it would you know he's a club captain as well I think you know he's someone who's experienced that occasion before don't forget He's also someone who's been down in the lower leagues and knows how to how to mix it with a an old fashioned centre forward if you want. Um, although Bradford have got other avenues, um, so I I would go for Monk at Wembley. Whether that plays at Liverpool, I don't think it necessarily matters. I think Monk would come in and 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 slip in easily, and I think Bartley would be benefit from the experience of going up against Suarez at, at Liverpool. So. That would be my choice, um, but I have to say that Michael Lovedrup kept us guessing all year, so uh, I'm not going to dare th- suggest that I'm right on that or that's what Lovedrup will do. But it is very good. Chico has, after a, a very dodgy start, of which I was quite vocal about, um, I think he's been excellent. He's he's learned from mistakes, which is what you want. He's improved. Um, Swans are in a fantastic position where they have got a coin toss really between two defenders to come in to partner someone like Ashley Williams who's again been magnificent this year. We have plenty of time to uh, look ahead to the cup final next week but uh, just quickly the Swans fans would love to see Gary Monk line up at Wembley wouldn't they? I'm sure they would. I mean there, there will be those who say oh well you know sentiment can't play a part etc etc but um, I think it's more than sentiment. I think the fact is he's come in like I said and, and, and done a good job but but for someone who has captain the clubs to the divisions, it would be good for him to have the chance. And you know, I'm not going to write Bradford off for low. You know, <laughs> anyone who's covered Swansea, who's watched Swansea over the years, knows that you know you should not uh, take anything for granted. But it would be nice for him, and I assume Ashley Williams, to go up and, and collect the trophy together. And it would uh, it would be something special. He deserves his chance. Absolutely, no doubt about that. He's a he's a great man, a great ambassador for the club. But he's still a good player, and he's proved he can do it at the top level. Um, so yeah, that that would be nice. Absolutely. And looking a little bit further ahead, um, be some suggestions of maybe some big name signings coming in in the summer. Well, I mean, the 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 main one I think will be Eric Waspas. I think that Laudrup seems determined to get him. What surprised me if there was a hell of a lot of talk in Spain about teams being linked with him, Swansea City very much included, about an 8.2 mil- 8. million buyout clause I think it was, uh, I know Swansea watched him and, and you know I, I know there was obvious interest there and all of a sudden it went very very quiet very quickly and uh, and he was staying at Celta Vigo and, and you know but hasn't suggested 
that he necessarily be, a, be there beyond the summer. He only sort of give a, uh, an oral uh, commitment to the summer. Um, and I think Loudrop is keeping his powder dry in January. I think he's respectful of the club's uh, financial planning, if you want, financial strategy. I think, though, that would enable him to sort of pay a bit extra in the summer. And, um, and I mean, if there are injuries to his frontline strikers, then uh, you could question the value of not bringing in a replacement for Graham. However, there was always that element that they were willing to sell Graham because they thought they could do more with the money. I think someone like Aspas will uh, will will be that type of an example. Um, and I think there'll be others. Obviously, Jose Manuel Canas from Real Betis is another player that uh, you know that looks like almost is done. So it's you know it's it, it's a little bit brave not to just go out and reinforce and strengthen. Do in January where obviously so many arrivals are and things are still to play for. But bearing in mind they could get the forty points very soon. They're in a cup final. And then you, you still got plenty in the kitty to really reinforce in the summer. Where don't forget they could be planning for a Europa League campaign, mm. which is not only wonderful but it also is very draining on a squad. You know, just look at Newcastle this year. So there will be that need to bring in not just bodies but bodies of quality where you can enforce or, uh, on a greater level this rotation policy that has worked very well from this year where you don't really know which winger is going to play and which attacking midfielder is going to play you look at other clubs that have gone up and settled in the premier your fulhams your stokes they've all done it these couple of years cementing what they got and then they've added you know you look at your berbatovs and your peter crouches you know so the big name players and surely that's going to come well, I think, yeah, and I think it, it, it's a steady progress. I don't think you'll see Swansea City starting to rip up um, sort of financial foundations that were there before. But, you know, don't forget, it's, there's a 60 million uh, kitty for just being in the Premier League for next season. It's gone up from around the 40 million mark. And um, they've slowly increased the wages, but it's still one of the lowest wage bills in the Premier League. So I, they, they're still keeping it on a, on a firm footing. But I also think they realise there's a need that you can't stand still. You have to sort of move with how you're progressing without sort of uh, uh, cutting your own throat, so to speak. So I do think there will be an increased investment. I think we've seen this summer, you know, two 5.5 million sign-ins. It seems for the norm now. Let's, this is Swansea City. I said it wasn't that long ago where they were all celebrating because Paul Connor came in, I think, from Rochdale, I think it was, for 35 grand. And there was the first... Uh, a transfer paid out in like something like three or four years, you know. This is this is the but the, the slow steps and the considered steps are taken to this point, and I think they will continue to take them. The fact is, we're in an era where expectation rises, and the, the fans yeah. will demand. Well, yeah, I think to a certain degree, although I think Swansea City fans have are aware of the history, which is quite important. They're aware that they can't be paying what other clubs. Will pay, and, and I think they're probably more vocal than than most in what QPR are doing, and just see the 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 utter madness of it. Yeah. Um, so I think there will be that element. Of course, though, you get you know should they win this first major trophy, get into Europe, finish dare you see it, top seven, and all of a sudden it does become an expectancy. They you know the attitudes around Swansea will change again in terms of how they're viewed from the outside the challenges have become greater than ever you know but for me whatever I still think even next year will be about surviving first and foremost as it is for nine tenths of the club in the Premier League
Back to the present, let's uh, take a look at Sunday's game at Anfield. They've won nearly once this season already. Are they going to do it again? Uh, it's a difficult one to call. When Liverpool are on form, you can't underline that they have some you know, top top class players, you know, like Suarez and Gerrard and Sturridge, um, who quickly bought into what Rodgers wants of him as well. Um, and, and despite the fact that it appears that the non-cockbite Liverpool fans, you know, the ones who are sort of thrown up radio stations, have it in for Joe Allen, he showed for me in the Wales game against Austria, he is still someone who can absolutely control the midfield and, and dictate a, a tempo of a game. It'd be interesting to see whether Leon Britton uh, plays and, and uh, you know, following his injury, I think he could be important. I'm not sure whether they can get a win. I think it might be a case of cancelling each other out a little bit as it was in the home games, but I'm going to go for goals this time, so I'll say 2 all. Okay, let's hope uh, the goals go flying in on Sunday and uh, follow us for all the build-up and all the post-match reaction at walesonline.co.uk